record. Hey there, demons. It's us, you girls. <laughs> Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm dying. <laughs> D is for death, and we are goblins. Two unfocused goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, a very wiggly body, interests, opinions about stuff and things. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone can't tell, S and I had a break. So we haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks just because life got in the way, right? We only record once a week. Two weeks. And that is far too long, clearly. (laughs) And as soon as, as soon as we logged into the call, we both just went, I love you. I miss (laughs) you. Oh, my God. And now we have yet to recover. So we are extra silly right now <laughs> yes and it just so happens that the weather is finally cooperating in each, each our, of our respective home states yes. so we're trying to photosynthesize all this sunlight all the sounds the sensory piece get that into the bod oh yeah before um the death of winter revisits us once again Oh my god, I'm hoping we escape it sooner rather than later. Like, I personally do enjoy winter. I love winter. What I hate is when it's 64 and then it snows the next day. I'm like, no. Yeah, the drop of choose one. (laughs) The drop of like 40 plus degrees. It's like, you know what? I'm out. I'm a head out. It's it's both. It's both a drop and a raise. Either way, I hate temperature changes that fluctuate that severely. I don't know about you, but, like, my body can't accommodate things. And I whacked my head in a church for the second time last Friday. <laughs> and it was, you know, like, when when babies are born, how the skull is not fused together. It's, like, the very center top part of their head that, like, it's the soft spot where you could actually yes. feel the brain. And that's yeah. where I whacked myself. Oh. And, <laughs> like... Don't ask questions about what were you doing in a church? Why did you whack yourself in the head? And why is this the second time that this has happened in the exact same spot? Um, Because, you know, and I mean, I've had a headache since Friday. And then plus with these temper like fluctuations, it just doesn't help. Oh, no, honey. I know. Poor me. That's the way the way you phrased that though for a second, I thought you're like, yeah, I hit my soft spot. I'm like, you still have one? <laughs> yes. Would you be surprised though? Because <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> Listen, all all my weight was in my head as a child, and I had a thing for like climbing up on tables and countertops, and then just like dropping straight on my head. Girl, I there's like. That just reminds me of how kids are indestructible, like how they jump off of garage roofs with a towel wrapped around their shoulders so they can fly like Superman. If I miss a step on a stair, (laughs) (laughs) pain like you wouldn't imagine erupts from somewhere. Have you ever had the thing either like leaning too far back in a seat or missing a stair going up or down stairs <laughs> and the drop into the stomach, that sensation and literally the fear of God visiting your body so much so that you have like that adrenaline rush? Oh, yeah. Yeah. About fighting for survival. You're like, oh, God, what comes next? I literally did that yesterday. <laughs> Going up or downstairs? Down. So I was visiting a bookstore in my area, and there was like, it's got a first floor and a second floor. Okay. And in the second floor, one half is slightly lower than the other, so there's like four little steps that kind of leads into the next area, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I went down those four steps just fine. (laughs) And I, thank you. And I turned (laughs) to enter into the next room of books Mm -hmm. did not realize there was a fifth step then that leads into that room the deception and hulk slammed into the ground (laughs) and caught myself on a table that was very thankfully close to the stairs because otherwise i was gonna eat the floor like i was going down eat shit um (laughs) however i will say 
out of all the places you could have potentially died, to be a ghost haunting a bookstore is not a bad thing, not a bad way to go. Oh, absolutely. And it was a beautiful bookstore. Like, I would have been just fine dead there. Yeah, you would have been <laughs> nearly headless Nick. <laughs> With these books, like Harry Potter, you know, the Forbidden Library, when he opens up the book yeah. and the face is like, like, that would have been you <laughs> and I would have been living. And I would not, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? You're, you're going to be like, my plan is for this bitch to join me in the afterlife and get <laughs> and give people paper cuts on purpose. Oh, my God. Oh, this is this is how we are right now. It really is. You can tell spring is on its way when the ADD kicks in, like, in overdrive. Yeah, and the soft spot has been thoroughly mushed (laughs) by a pillar in a church. (laughs) So, I don't even know where we're supposed to go with this. We, We decided to record a silly episode to, like, get all of this out. What... What's been going on with you? How's your life? How's... How's living? Ugh. Living, barely surviving, doing the thing, because I must. (laughs) When you wake up and you're just like, again? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, I started learning how to quilt. Ooh, that's interesting. Yes, yes. And I am finally a proud parent of a sewing machine. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so that's been really exciting, but I feel like... It's finally coming full circle where the old man I was born to be, (laughs) it's like, I'm here. Look at me go on this sewing machine. So what got you into quilting and sewing? So I was in the library as one, you know, goes when they're bored. And I have my sections that I hit up, you know? Okay. And one of the books I came across just totally by accident was this book called Urban Quilting by Wendy Chow. And it's more contemporary interpretations of quilt design. Mm -hmm. And I was so transfixed by her use of color, the color palettes, the designs, which are more new spins on very tried and true classic quilting designs. Mm-hmm. So there's elements of that, but it's so thoughtfully arranged, both in color and design, and I thought, I want to do that. <laughs> and I knew a woman, well, I know her, and she has been very generous with her time and expertise and was so excited to get me going on this quilt journey. Aww. So I've been working with her, and I cut out all my pieces last week. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do kind of like the main bolt of fabric that the pieces are going to be piece two. Okay. Next time we meet. So I'm just super excited that it's going. I am so excited for you. My, I have not been great with sewing ever. And I took like three home ec classes in high school, right? I wish I did. I had to Uh, teach myself. (laughs) I didn't learn shit, really. I learned I learned how to cook and how to bake and how to clean dishes properly. That's what I learned in my home at class. Fronts and backs of the dishes, not Fronts just the front. Fronts and backs, baby. <laughs> but my great-grandmother on my dad's side mm-hmm. was, like, someone who won state awards Damn. for quilting. And she was... Her quilting was so beautiful, and she made every grandchild their own quilt. She would make wedding quilts. So if anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's a specific pattern that people use in a quilt. And it's a lot of um, intersecting circles. Mm -hmm. So to show everlasting commitment, love, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so she would make wedding quilts for everyone. And I don't know, she, when I was born, she was very old. This woman lived to be 102. God bless. What a champ. She was like six feet tall. And when her husband died, ran the farm by herself for like 40 years. So she's like a Midwestern quilt 
champion Amazon of a woman. <laughs> she she was like when we said in our Midwestern video that Midwestern women are to be feared. That was my great grandmother. Okay. Wow. And that's so baller. That's like <laughs> I would be so proud of the blood flowing through your veins right now. It is it is so funny because all of my family on that side have a running joke that we will never die because because <laughs> she lived well past what she was expected to. Mm-hmm. Our grandmother then, so my dad's mom, lived with dementia for like 20 years. Okay. Oh, wow. she, she kept going even though no one understood how. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather then, my dad's dad, <clears throat> only died because he was on the operating table to remove colon cancer for the second time. Your family sees <laughs> death and they're just like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> my my family, like the Grim Reaper just goes, oh, it's them? No, I'll come back. No, it's okay. Give them five more years. I'll yeah, come we're, back. We're going to negotiate this contract <laughs> and get a notary. It's like when you fish and you have to tire the fish out. Like, no, you got to give them a few more years, tire them out some more. I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in a decade. Maybe. I, I love that. I love hearing people get into quilting or, or knitting or crocheting. I don't know. I feel like it's such a beautiful trait that not enough people do anymore. Yeah, you know what, especially like for me being such a wiggly person, I need to have something to occupy my hands and brain. And yeah. I think that's like a very nice tie in of feeding the visual piece where I could see all these pretty colors and make these patterns, but then the hands on piece to actually put it all together and see something very tangible, you know, mm -hmm. from this design on the paper into this actual thing that I could, you know, interact with. And yeah. I think that's super cool. But I know you had mentioned at some point that you were a cross-stitcher. I Yes, I used to do cross-stitch when I was a kid. And I, I really do feel like it's an instant gratification thing. Of, mm -hmm. Like you said, it's it's tangible. It's in my hands. I can watch it come to life. And some people would say, well, that's any kind of art, right? Painting or sculpting or whatever. When it comes to cross-stitch or quilting, there is a pattern that you follow. So mm -hmm. you really, like, it takes more to fuck it up. And you need so, to count. And you need to count. And you need to be constantly paint. Like, it, it takes all of your focus. It's not just your eyes or your ears or whatever. It is, everything is focused on this one piece and it's, like, the most peaceful experience once you start to get a hold of it, you know? Yeah, and the direction of the stitch matters, especially because there's multiple opinions on how is the back of the piece supposed to look like? Oh, a, na a disaster. A disaster zone, <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> Anytime any someone's like, well, the back of my cross stitch, girl or boy, fuck yourself. Like, no, I don't <laughs> give a shit. Does the front look good? That's the piece that matters. You don't frame it to be seen from both sides, okay? You frame it to be seen from the front. <laughs> if you're a psycho, <laughs> you frame it from both sides. Like, it's I like only stitch to look at the back of it. That's it. It's kind of like those people that get detailed socks, and mm -hmm. they flip the sock inside out, and it's like it's a nightmare. I'm like, yeah, that's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> Same <laughs> that's energy. That's normal. Well, I mean, can, can you even argue regular socks? So I have... Are the crew socks, like, the higher up socks, like, past the ankle, kind of halfway up the shin? I think so, yeah. Okay, so I have quite a collection of, like, Star Wars and art of famous paintings, socks, mm -hmm. you know, with the theme. And for instance, like, my Star Wars socks, you know, there's, like, Chewbacca, Stormtroopers, whatever. You put, you see the sock in its basic state, like, I am mm -hmm. a sock, hear me roar. <laughs> and... It looks fine. And then I yeah. stretch out the design, put it on my foot, pull it up my leg, and then it becomes like, <laughs> and like, how it started, how's it going? <laughs> Started or from expectation. the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> yeah, expectation versus reality, you know, and it's like, this is my life. This is a great kind of analogy. 
You know, I actually just bought a couple of pairs of socks. So yesterday we went to, we took a day trip to another town Mm -hmm. and there was this sock store and I went, what the fuck is this? Like, let's go in, let's see what it is, right? And (laughs) I found the perfect pair of socks and I'm so happy that I came home with them because on they're they're also crew, so they come up pretty long up your leg. Mm-hmm. And on that part, it's a wanted poster with a picture of a cat, <laughs> and it said "Wanted, Dead or Alive," Schrodinger's cat. Love it. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> and my husband pointed it out to me. He's like, "Did you see that one?" I said, "No, but can I have it, please?" Chef's kiss. Oh, so I'm I'm very excited about that. I love that. Can like I just say the older I get, and I think you'll agree with me on this, is how nice it is to have a great sock collection. And socks for different kind of temperatures like and needs. Like you have the fuzzy warm socks that you wear around the house or to sleep. And mm-hmm. then your fun socks that it's like, I'm gonna show this to my friends because I know they'll appreciate this fashion show. <laughs> you know when you, when your sock game when you turn it this hard with your sock game it's a nice feeling yeah i have i have so many different kinds of socks like one of my friends got me low ankle excuse me low ankle socks a couple mm-hmm. of years ago for christmas and it was studio ghibli themed oh <gasps> yes so i have i i have you know kiki's delivery service i've got totoro i've got i had Calcifer from Howl's Moving Castle, but my dryer ate one of the socks. I have no idea no. where it went. It got it got it calcified. It <laughs> it got yoinked somewhere. Into but I also <laughs> I have like the fuzzy socks. Now I have the tall fun socks. I have the athletic socks because I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I have I have a pair of my dad's hunting socks from when he was a high schooler. That I wear with my knee-high boots mm-hmm. because they go up that high and they are thick and warm, so I wear them in the winter. How did they survive all that time? A girl, I don't know. My mom calls my dad a hoarder, and I somewhat agree with her. And But <laughs> he's, he's a good yours. hoarder where he keeps things in good condition, so who knows? <laughs> it can be argued that's the acceptable type of hoarding. Right. Like, everything's still clean and organized chaos is what I would call it. He doesn't Mm -hmm. really know where things are, but he has a drawer full of screwdrivers. And if you look long enough, you'll find the one you want. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I agree that a good sock collection is key the older you get. Yeah, one of life's little pleasures, for real. (laughs) Just like a good t-shirt collection. Yeah. I've had to pare down on my t-shirt collection because I had too many and I outgrew a number of them. But yes, I agree. Is there such thing as too many fun t-shirts? Because I'll tell you what my friend does. When the shirt is just like too destroyed beyond repair, like you've already mended it enough, but the holes just get bigger over time. Mm Mm-hmm. Then she takes the shirts, because she has a lot of, like, band shirts and shirts kind of, like, a la what you have. hmm And she turns them into pillows or quilts. See, if I if I was crafty enough, I had saved quite a few number of old anime t-shirts I wanted to make a quilt out of, but I never got around to it. And I have a pile of shirts that I got from when I was in undergrad. Mm-hmm. that I want to make a quilt. That I do, I have most of them cut into the squares I need because I'm going to make a tie blanket because I can't sew. And But the problem now is that I, I still have like two or three shirts that I would need to cut and then I still just need to do it. <laughs> okay. And it's been in the closet for like four years now. Is there someone you can commission back home? Because I know you said there's quite a bit of like quilters out there, serious quilters. Um, maybe I do have a friend that has a sewing machine that wanted to get back into quilting because she had done it before. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those where I don't want to 
put more on her plate because she has a lot of life events happening right now. Got it. But I would. I would absolutely love to ask her eventually. She actually, she also has a cricket machine so she can make Ooh, things. Uh-huh. And she made me a t-shirt, not a t-shirt, a sweater that says, I'm pretty cool, but I cry a lot. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> and it's my favorite hoodie to this day. That is a, actually a fantastic gift. It is. Every time I wear it, I get compliments. I get, like, random women come up to me and go, oh, my God, me too. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, sis, let's struggle together. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. The the sisterhood <laughs> of anxiety. <laughs> I saw these two um, bumper stickers that I think you would appreciate. One of them is only big, stinky meanies tailgate. <laughs> And then another one that says, don't honk at me, I I cry a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, you know, you got to know what I'm about, son. I I would like those. I especially, it's like, yeah, don't honk at me, I'll cry. Like, <laughs> that's exactly my personality. My personality type is I get mad if people honk at me the moment the light turns green. And there's still those stray drivers that cross on the red light because they're like, I do not Mm -hmm. care. I'll kill us both. Oh, yeah. I I witness that all the time. Like my husband and I, when we were driving back from our day trip yesterday, there was a red light. Like it was yellow and it turned red. And we Mm -hmm. were in the turn lane that was already red. So we were already sitting here. Yeah. And this Jeep just out of nowhere just <gasps> blows through the red light and i'm sitting there thinking where do you have to be that is in such a hurry that you blow through a red light you know it, that's not that's not okay <laughs> there's so many people i find like with jeeps or big like pickup trucks yeah. that think they can do whatever because the car can handle it allegedly <laughs> and I say allegedly because it's not always true. <laughs> yeah, no. Some of those we have come we've made great strides in our vehicle safety. I totally agree with that. However, right. cars the the safety has been that cars can crash safer. It's not that they survive the crash. If that yes, makes any sense. Completely, completely. And it's like if you need to go at breakneck speed and cut people off and all this because you got to sort your sock collection which i get it is important however mm-hmm. is it a priority is it just a desire an impulsive whim see and it's people say that you shouldn't how we've said before you know never drive drunk never drive under any influence never drive tired and yeah. everyone agrees with that and as soon as you tell people don't drive like an asshole then everyone's like, oh, well, I, I drive just fine. I've, I've yeah, I'm a defensive I've, driver. Yeah, and it's like... Efficient. Just because you think you can handle it doesn't mean the kid who just got his driver's license last week can handle being next to you on the road. Yeah, or a 103-year-old Hank in the car next door who can <laughs> barely see over the steering wheel. Right? I mean, I, I have always admitted I'm a fast driver. I know this. and But... I am also a very cautious driver because I have driven in traffic mm-hmm. that I understand that people stop on a dime. And when we're all going 75 and now I have to throw my car in neutral mm-hmm. so that I can brake in time, the kid behind me not know the trick. Also, people, PSA, if you need to stop fast and you need to stop now, put your car in neutral. It kills the gas to the engine. You'll stop faster. Always a great life tip. Because it's like, I don't know, it's this weird mindset when people get into a car that they feel like I am in this metal box on wheels, I am invincible, Mm. I am on my world tour of music, (laughs) you know, the number of nose pickers, (laughs) where it's like their finger is all the way up to their bridge. (laughs) Have you seen that? Thankfully, no, but... (laughs) I, I can't seen. tell you how many times I'm at a stoplight and look over to my left, right, and there's someone just going to town, digging for gold, <laughs> like really just going for it. See, I've not seen that, and I'm very grateful, but I've seen a number of people putting on their makeup. 
Yeah, yeah, eating, makeup. Or, like... <laughs> texting. <laughs> texting, which is stupid. Or, uh, my favorite, though, my favorite is seeing someone in my rear view just jamming out to whatever song they have going on. I'm yeah. like, if we're at a stoplight and it's just like, this is my moment, this is the chorus, and I'm just watching them live their life to their fullest. It's like... I hope you have a great day. <laughs> for real. For real. You know what? Like the vines, you know, the it's going to be me guy. And then just <laughs> like that. Or the one that's like listening to hard rock and just the flute. I think it's like LA traffic or something. Like fantastic. Yes. I love it. Oh, my God. Let's okay. Let's let's pause it at that because we cannot have a whole other car episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you ever have this when you go outside in the sunlight and your eyes pulse? <laughs> pulse? Yeah, like my... Okay, so I have hooded eyes, right? Hooded eyelids. Yeah. And I was telling deep <laughs> before we started recording. I woke up today because I slept for a record 12 hours, which is just, you know... Crazy. Once in a lifetime opportunity. And I woke up... And it looked like I suffered some terrible allergic reaction because this one eye, it was Rocky Balboa when <laughs> he got into that fight when he was screaming, Adrian, and you know, that his eyes, that's what it almost was, like a Quasimodo eye. Oh, Lord. And then I had to go to the store and I, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day today and my eyes felt like they were pulsing and I'm like, I am fully Dracula. I cannot be out here. <laughs> I've never had that. I've had moments where, you know, if I walk outside, it hurts. Like, my eyes just hurt. Grad school. Because it's super bright. <laughs> yeah. I also experience that a lot if I'm reading outside. Mm-hmm. And you get used to seeing a page illuminated by sunlight. Yeah. And then as soon as you close the book and you look up and everything has, like, this whitewash effect... Because yes. you have strained your eyes by staring at something too bright for so long. And it's like, what? Uh, ow, ow, I can't <laughs> see. <laughs> or if you like rub your eyes too hard and then you get all the colored circles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like the church induced head injury still or what. But because you know how like certain lobes of the brain like, that back lobe, the occipital lobe, is responsible for your vision and stuff. Yeah, I but hope I whacked, you didn't damage it. <laughs> I mean, I whacked the top, and, what, like, three weeks before that, I whacked it a little bit further back. And then this time around was, like, very close to the same spot. And I have friends whose friend hit their head so many times that they had to wear a helmet. Because their warning <laughs> from the doctor was, if you get another bad bump to your head, you can possibly go into a coma. Because it was like uh -huh. three consecutive concussions or something like oh, that. Jesus Christ, S. You, yeah. you have got to be careful. You've got to watch out for yourself. The church needs to watch out for me, not the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord help you. No, clearly not. <laughs> It was on the main altar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, oh my god. Yeah, God doesn't want me to have a fully fused skull. He said, I'm gonna chip away at this little by little. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah, maybe this will help her focus and <laughs> be aware of her surroundings. And I said, no nope. ma'am. No ma'am. <laughs> Oh, wow. I went... You know... What? I <laughs> the just, answer is probably yes. I do know. I, I don't even know where I was going with that. I'm just like... I, you, you, you give me anxiety because I worry about you. Thanks, Mother Goose. <laughs> My little gosling, get over here. Yeah. I need to get it together. <laughs> Have you seen any good anime recently? I 
I have actually been reading books more than watching anime lately, which uh-huh. is surprising to me because it's been a minute since I've been able to say that. <laughs> I mean, get into it. What have you been reading? I I am currently reading I Had Poison for Breakfast by Lemony Snicket. He wrote a book? He wrote a book. He wrote another book. <laughs> Damn, what's it been, like 20 years? <laughs> right? And this one, it's a whirlwind, as any Lemony Snicket book is. But mm. he says that it could be described as a book of philosophy. And no one likes reading those, so I don't want to call it a book of philosophy. And I'm just thinking, what is this? Yeah, the the philosophy majors listening are like, I would strongly (laughs) contest that statement. (laughs) And so I'm 50 pages in. I'm still confused as fuck, but it's a Lemony Snicket book, and I'm fairly certain that I'm going to finish it with more questions than I started. But let me ask you this. Is it a young adult novel like the series of Unfortunate Events was? Is this kind of a total deviation from the typical Lemony Snicket we grew up with? I would say it's an adult Lemony Snicket book. Okay. And I wouldn't say it deviates too much because he has a very unique writing style. Mm-hmm. Very Alice in Wonderland. Very acid trip. And <laughs> I love it. I think it's I, I think it's really interesting and neat. But it is also very, very confusing. And I am I'm just like, I don't know what I am getting into because it reminds me of us. When we get on those tangents and next thing you know, we're talking about something that we had no intention of talking about when we started. I'm vaguely familiar. (laughs) So it's very much like that. So I I don't know. I don't know how it's going to end. I have no idea Uh what's going to happen in the middle. But I, so far this year, I think I've read like 20 books. Okay. That's, I mean, that's not bad. I no, mean, it's, it's more it's, than some people read in several years, so. <laughs> I mean, it's it's April 2nd. I think I'm doing pretty damn good. <laughs> no, I, I would say that's fantastic. Because if you divide four, you know, from the 20, it's like, what, five books a month? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, I'm also on my phone. I'm in the middle of Patricia Wants a Cuddle. <laughs> Which... Patricia. <laughs> Patricia! <laughs> Patricia! Mommy's reading, sweetie. So <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle of that one. And the reason I, I checked it out is I have a monthly book club that I go to. Mm-hmm. And the girl sitting next to me, who is also one of my coworkers, she's very sweet, was talking about how she read that book. And it is insanity. It's so- The title doesn't sound like it would be that crazy. Well, <laughs> it do you you know the Bachelor, right? The TV show. Unfortunately, right? Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever. So this takes place <laughs> in uh, a reality where it's not the Bachelor; it's the Catch, but it's the exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the four final women, mm-hmm. and they go off to this place called Otter's Island. Whether or not that is an actual place off the coast of Washington, I have no fucking idea. So they get there, and when they get there, they find out that it is basically a gay haven. Like, it's known for queer people to go. Fire to, Island. Right, to to escape, to have a relaxing trip, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you find out that Patricia is a Sasquatch (gasps) who is a lesbian. Get into it. And so I have not gotten that far into the book yet. Um, I've just gotten to the point where they have have arrived at the island. Mm -hmm. And they don't know anything else about it. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it because the girl was that ex- that talked about the book was so excited and said it was written in a really fun yet also gruesome way. So it's part of a horror story as well. Oh my gosh! It so, has 
So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to getting through it. But yeah, that is also a book that I'm currently reading. But wait, wait, wait. So were these women expecting a bachelor? How did it work up to this point that they're, so, they find themselves on Otter's Island? Right. So it's the final four of their version of The Bachelor. Okay. And their destination is this island. Was so there a man that they were speaking to? Yeah. So there is there is a bachelor himself, or there's the catch himself, mm-hmm. and the whole the whole production is going to this island because, like, Got in it. the and Bachelor, they take trips to you know Tokyo or they take trips to Miami or whatever, right? Yeah. So this is just a place that they're taking a trip to that they didn't know all of this information about. Got it. Okay. So the right. production assistant is going to get fired. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh wow, what a trip. That sounds great. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And the other thing that has been happening bookwise in my life is that I've finally gotten a friend of mine to read a couple of horror stories that I read earlier this year. Uh-huh. And we have just been like freaking out about them and talking about them. <laughs> It's like, that's my goal right now is to get other people into these horror stories. You got me into a few. I read The Patient and then The Final (gasps) Girls one. Yeah. And those were both just wilding out. Those were great books. I I love psychological thriller books that have twists. Mm -hmm. That is my favorite. Yeah, that was like an emergency break plot twists on both of those books. Yeah. And it's, I know some people read or watch movies, and they kind of want to guess the ending. I am not that person. I first, I don't know how I turn my brain off while also turning it on while I'm reading. Mm-hmm. But I look no further than the next page. <laughs> like one step I don't at a time. <laughs> I don't try to figure it out. I don't try to look any deeper because I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you that person that likes to do that or? See, it's it's kind of really hard for me because I start formulating what I think might be a satisfactory conclusion mm-hmm. or, you know, making predictions of what might happen next. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to totally disconnect, especially when I'm very engaged in the story. Okay. And especially if they are more horror thriller based as someone who really enjoys like those kind of movies, you know, after a while they do become fairly predictable, like the formula. Yeah. So I think with books is it's much nicer because that piece is kind of taken out and there's (laughs) more twists and turns than you can get into a movie without making it super like convoluted and just confusing so much so that you can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So um, with books, it's a yes and no, like open for the ride and see where it takes me. But I almost can't help but like try to play detective as I read along, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I I will send you links to the two that I had my friend read because I think you'll enjoy them too. Please. Yeah, always, always open for books. And then we can do like a whole other book episode. <laughs> yes, yes. Actually, being part of a book club myself, there was a recent one that the club read. It was called The Fruit of Knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it was about female genitalia and like okay. myths and misconceptions. And what was so delightful about this was that it was in comic format. Oh, nice. Yeah. And like, you know, saying it's not the vagina because the vagina's inside, it's the vulva. Mm-hmm. But everyone calls it the vagina, for instance. Right. Or like, you know, uh, historical things about modern gynecology and the wandering womb and hysteria. And, you know, it hits upon all the things. And it's like a great book, whether you're a feminist, you know, whether you're out here exploring yourself, you know, as a woman or someone who has these body parts. Mm-hmm. It's very fun, very fun read, very quick read with a great sense of humor to it. But it it still leaves you feeling kind of like, damn, in the end. I might have you send me a link for that one so that I can read it too. Because that's... Uh-huh. I like comic and, and graphic novel format when it comes to some of those, like, 
heavier topics, I guess, you know, more educational mm-hmm. topics. To me, if it's a fiction or nonfiction story, just like a straight kind of story or biography, yeah. I'll read a book. It's no big deal. If it's educational, I do better with graphic novels. It's a nice change of pace that you can still get the storytelling or aspect of it in mm-hmm. while having pictures. Who who says that once you reach a certain age that you can't have pictures in the equation? Fucking liars. That's who. Yeah. <laughs> Disaster artists, goons, and goblins. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that was really nice because, you know, we were up till that point reading things like The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and The Missing Half or Midnight Library. So that's a good one. Oh, great book. So to go into that was kind of tied into previous books like Seven Husbands, Mm -hmm. but spitting those facts and using (laughs) picture power. So... Totally appreciate it. I like that. See, my the book club that I go to is called BYO Book Club. Nice. So it's a bring your own book club. Mm-hmm. So every month there's a theme. And then you just read whatever book you think fits the theme best. And we uh-huh. all get together and we talk about our individual stories. I like that. It's a very refreshing twist, I think, on book clubs where mm-hmm. – it's there. There are book clubs where people like vote on which book to read next, and there's always yeah. going to be someone that's like, "I really didn't want to read that," but the majority wins, right? And this just gets rid of all of that, and it gives mm-hmm. you a list of like twenty books to read by the end of the month. Like yeah. these are all the books that we talked about, and so anything that sounds interesting to you, now you have a book list that you can read. But see, I like the power of that because even if you do determine that everyone reads the same thing, one. It's something that you may have not picked for yourself, so it opens you up to new genres, possibilities. Mm -hmm. But the secondary thing is you all come with different lived experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Either your own personal ones, people you knew, and so forth. So it's kind of like when people look at something, like a painting, and everyone Mm -hmm. sees something different, even though you're looking at the same thing. Yeah. But then it kind of ties into the pick a book that connects with the theme because some of them touch upon aspects maybe of the theme. So again, it's something that you may have not fully considered, but then in retrospect upon like, you know, guiding the discussion, you're like, oh yeah, no, totally. It is actually a book about XYZ topic. Yeah. I mean, so last month in honor of Women's History Month, it was, oh, what did she call it? What did our group lead call it? Not unknown women, but women that push the boundary, you know, mm-hmm. or, or stories about unconventional women. That's the word it was. Mm-hmm. And so I chose the book When Women Were Dragons, which tells of a story of women who have the ability to turn into dragons. That is totally up your alley. <laughs> and it was so interesting and so angering, but such a beautiful story Mm-hmm. Because they basically equate dragons to femininity, and it takes place in the 50s. And so you don't talk about dragons. You don't talk about dragoning. And if you have a family member who turns into a dragon, then that family member gets excommunicated, basically. Like, they never existed. You know what? I'm fine with that. Let me be my bad self. <laughs> Let me be my dragon, dragon. self. <laughs> yeah. That's the opposite of a problem. It was it was very much this parallel driven or or written between, you know, a woman's rage Mm -hmm. inside and bursting forth and feeling like your body is too tight or too small. Everything just feels too big inside Mm -hmm. to fit these conventional norms that you're supposed to be shoved into. So it was a really fun take on femininity i guess would be the best way to say it yeah i I mean like you said it's kind of like the beauty of being a woman but then also the the very big difficulties that we experience day to day yeah and there was this is what i also love about book clubs anyone listening join a book club just join one in join multiple dropped one if you don't like it but just join one because Mm mm-hmm 
at that meeting, there's me, there's the my coworker who's sitting next to me who talked about Patricia wants to cuddle. That was the same meeting. But then on the other side of the table, there was someone who was alive during desegregation. No way. All right. And one of the books was kind of talking about, okay, one of our books was Hidden Figures. So another person mm-hmm. had read Hidden Figures and she was talking about that. And then the person across the table was like, I was alive living through the Black Power Movement, the initial one. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is so cool to get to like hear this from someone who was there. Mm-hmm. And so you get this full spectrum of people who bring in fiction, who bring in nonfiction, who bring in graphic novels, who come from all these different backgrounds. And it's just this community that you create and this safe place to talk about things. And it's, mm-hmm. I fucking love book clubs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I it it sounds like such a like an old-timey boring activity, but it it really isn't. It's not. And the cutest thing happened when I was working at one of our locations. So I work in a library, everyone knows this. And I there was this group of older boys, so they were like old teen, 18, 19, because mm-hmm. I live in a college town. And I was like, please don't come in here and act like fool, like fools, you know, just please don't be hooligans. And so I, they were in the stacks in the adult fiction and I could hear them talking and I was like, I'm just going to walk by. Cause when you get a group like that, you just want to walk by make sure no one is like putting gum somewhere, right? Being what they think is funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I overheard these sweet souls saying, no, I think this would be a really good one for our book club. No, you haven't heard about it? No, you should totally come with me. Yeah, dude, it's so cool. We get to- I was like, oh my god, you're so fucking cute. Okay, you're good, you're good. <laughs> That's the only time that I think boys will be boys is acceptable. Yes! Wholesome activities like that. You know, groups of young men, boys, whatever, doing something to better themselves and expand their horizons in that matter. Oh my god, yeah. It was so sweet. And they were- pumping each other up and one of them was clearly had not been in that mindset before or was new to Mm -hmm. that kind of mindset and he was really i don't know you know isn't that kind of dumb Mm -hmm. and the others just think no no dude it's totally cool and we get to talk about all this stuff and you know you get to learn about new stories and i'm just you guys are the sweetest thing and honestly the way they were talking made it sound like they were starting another book club Wow, that's excellent. That is really excellent. I just, I was so happy for them. That is such a good, like, that was that point of humanity being returned that I needed that week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like, it's not a woman-only activity. No, there yeah, is like, no woman-only activity. Imagine, like, you know, like, stay-at-home moms drinking wine and then, like, just complaining about things instead of actually, you know, talking about books, but... Book club is what you make it, and it can be a really glamorous, fantastic, fabulous experience. <laughs> it really is. I I don't think that any kind of activity should ever be gendered. I think it, all no. activities should be open to anyone who's willing to give it a good effort try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I change the subject just for a moment? Go for it. So, you know how, like, there's always something that's mispronounced or, like, something incorrect like when i was talking about beethoven and i i was like yeah he's he went deaf and then i said he went blind yeah because yeah you know or like the pete wentz pete davidson debacle (laughs) the wrong pete i said the wrong pete and (laughs) last week was no exception when you were singing fly like a bird and i was like yeah natasha bedingfield but in my mind i was like it's nelly Furtado, you dumb idiot (laughs) No, I mean, I went with it. I see, yeah, here's the thing. Because you're if polite I, and you know what I mean. No, because if, like, if I don't catch what you're saying, 90% of the time, if I don't fight you or call you out, it's because I truly is like, yeah, she said that confidently. I believe her. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. fucking know either. You can be Natasha, but I feel if you want. I'm like, yeah, she she went down the street on her, on her piano. That sounds right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michelle Branch, who... 
So I just, I, <laughs> please never feel bad because if I don't call you out in the moment, I, I'm, I am a hundred percent with you. I'm like, yep, sounds right, sounds good. Yeah, and I said Michelle Branch, and I'm like, maybe that was Vanessa Carlton. Oh God, I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is. The running joke, but it's also totally true. If you want to get into almost any building anywhere, just walk in with a ladder and act like you know what you're doing and just Mm -hmm. claim IT and no one's going to question you. IT with a ladder? IT with a ladder. Because, like, you got to get up there to the wires, right? Either carry a ladder or say I'm from IT. And that's it. That'll get you in, like, 90% of the buildings in America. Or HVAC, because there's always something wrong with the HVAC. (laughs) Right? Maintenance or IT. That's all you got to say. And just keep walking. Like, don't even look at them. (laughs) (laughs) And put on a jumpsuit. Because, one, a jumpsuit is fun. You look like a big toddler, which is nice. (laughs) And jumpsuits are comfy. Oh, my God. Okay, we are drawing close to our hour mark. Is there another last-minute topic or or statement or anything you'd like to regale our audience with? They probably wouldn't want to hear it. Oh, <laughs> what if I want to hear it? Then I'll tell you off camera. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Any parting <laughs> words of advice? And no, I think I'm. I think I'm good. Just you know, this was our. Our fun spring is here. Our brains are mush. We have not seen each other in two weeks. Let's just scream into the camera at each other. Happy belated (laughs) April Fool's Day as well. Yeah. It's like people are going to go, is this really the episode? Yep. This is not a prank. This is the episode. If you've been here from the beginning or sat with us long enough, you know (laughs) we do not joke around. We do not. It's like, wow, how can two people be this scattered? Undiagnosed, baby. Undiagnosed. <laughs> Little titty shake. Oh, my God. Well, with that being said, then, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, shout us out into the universe, and send us to your friends. Tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. And until next week, stay alive, friends. Eat your greens. Take care, everyone. (laughs) 